This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. To help save lives, you must stay at home. Only leave your house to buy food to buy medicine or to exercise, and always remember to stay at least two metres apart. This is urgent. Protect the NHS. Stay home. Save lives. When I go home late at night, this is a song that I really like to sing right now, so I'll play it for you. It's uh, called My Old Man. Made me a little bit angry. It's a really stupid decision by Jake Grealish. Fine, nowhere near enough. His apology is absolutely pathetic. It's not even an apology. There was no sincerity. It was a badly scripted excuse. Welcome to the My Old Man Said podcast. I'm David Michael, the editor of My Old Man Said. Com joining me. It's almost like an end of season uh, look back because uh, I don't know if this uh, 2019 stroke 20 season ever will uh, play out and find its conclusion. Joining me for a power rankings top 10 discussion, which uh, has been voted by the My or Man Said patrons and the illustrious panel that I have with me, Mr. Chris Budd, welcome. Hello. Mr. Max Stokes, welcome aboard. Hello. And Mr. Phil Shaw, welcome back. Hello. Gentlemen, we're all in our respective uh, lockdown shelters. How are you all coping? Max, I, I see you've gone... Uh, I, I've, I did it once, actually. I went mental, just shaved my hair off one day, just on impulse. Did Was it in, on impulse, or were you going for likes on your YouTube channel? Yeah, I don't know. I just At the start of, start of a video, I just said, this many likes, and I'll do it. Probably out of boredom, really. Just something to do, and uh, yeah, it happened. So yeah, that's that's fun. You sell you sell yourself short. You, you should be trying to get I don't know raising money for charity or donating yeah. it for like bald orphan wigs or something. <laughs> I don't, I don't Just know. give me the fucking cash. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, everyone's got to wait. Well, yeah, no, the yeah. time times are hard for everyone. Phil, how, how's it going uh, over in uh, Northern Ireland at the moment? No, well, it's uh, I, like everybody else. Um, we've we've all been shut down. We've, we've stopped going to the beaches and stopped walking up the mountains, and I've stopped border hopping for work. So I've just been confined to my, to my house for a week. Do, you've got your letter from Boris, have you not? Yeah, well, my wife got the letter from Boris saying that she has to be shielded for twelve weeks. So that really applies to the whole household. Then it's like right stay in only go out when strictly necessary well is, is she pregnant or something or or what's the situation that, well no i think it's it could be a number of things she had health issues last year and then she she's sort of quite a bad asthmatic so ah, like, right so any more strikes not be like you're never going out again <laughs> so they are so they are really going through people's records and stuff in terms of well health medical uh, records yeah and you chaps, everything okay in isolation? I'm being surprisingly productive. I gave myself the goal two weeks ago of doing a track every day. And bar today, I've uh, 
I've actually managed to hold up to that and I've done a workout every day. Strangely, I'm actually Ooh. being more productive than usual. So I've worked out every morning, done a bit of Joe Wicks every now and then with my nephew and then uh, been doing a ver- various other workouts. Didn't you get hammered by the uh, Tyson Fury workout? I, I did the Tyson Fury uh, 9am workout, which uh, I don't do it for the uh, for the sake of uh, working out. Well, you, you know, you do it. Obviously, you've got to do something for a reason and it, it is to uh, get the blood boiling, but it's just the most shambolic, hilarious, fun uh, <laughs> Of course, thing I've ever seen. It's just just carnage. It's uh, it takes place in what I think is front room, which is uh, kind of reminds you of uh, I don't know early nineteen eighties council house chic or something. And you know, obviously he's a multi millionaire. You know, lacking in uh, taste in terms of uh, decor, but uh, you know that's part of it. it's wonderful. And then his wife's there, but also the kids running running and out. The dogs running in there. They're shouting. You know, trying to get the kids in order and all that kind of stuff. It's just pandemonium and chaos. and It's relatable. And Fury goes through the, no, I've got no dogs and kids running around. So it's, it's for me, it's, uh, it, it gives me a, a chance to experience that in this lockdown without actually having to make any commitment or anything or having to uh, dress those kids or uh, feed them or anything. But, uh, but no, it's hilarious. And, you know, when you're doing, right, let's do 20 of these, 20 press-ups, it's like, and he starts counting really fastly. So all the counting's completely out of sync with how many he does. It actually probably does about five press-ups and counts to 20 it's, it's just I mean, it's worth checking out if i mean there's you know a lot of people don't like tyson fury because of some of the things he said uh, early doors but you know this is obviously we're in cancel culture here where you have to be perfect in everything you do or else uh, people try to drag you down but you know i just tyson fury is a boxer to me and that's my only interest in him but this uh you know he, he's not my life coach but that said this uh, 9 a.m workout is just hilarious just because of its uh, pure chaos Anyway, enough pl- plugging uh, that. Coming up in the show, uh, as football spirals in limbo, uh, we discuss the latest happenings uh, in terms of when this season may begin again, if it will ever begin again, or what is likely to transpire. Uh, also, some of the uh, the kind of economic uh, spin-off uh, of this uh, pandemic uh, starts to take grip. We see what's happening in terms of clubs and uh, putting non-playing staff on leave and the v- various things that have been happening. Uh, a few things that's happening in the Villa universe. Uh, the obvious one are uh, spokesman for the NHS and captain Jack Grealish's uh, recent antics. We uh, have a look at that. Also, uh, the virus actually became a reality within the uh, Villa backroom staff as well. And then the main chunk of the show, we will be uh, looking at uh, and uh, going through the top 10 players that Villa players that have made the uh, power rankings as voted by ourselves and uh, the My Old Man Said patrons. Actually took uh, a good hour or so just counting those up, but uh, we'll uh, we'll sift through those uh, and see who's uh, come out on top and uh, if there was any surprise entries in that top 10. First of all, we'll kick off with the Villa news. Well, at Aston Villa, it's uh, it's it's a bit like the Martin O'Neill days, isn't it? No win in March, pretty standard under Martin O'Neill. Uh, on the flip side, though, we are, I think, is it 22 days now unbeaten, going into 23-24? It's probably worth giving Dean Smith a new contract, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what they would have done under Lambert. If he went 22 uh, days unbeaten, they'd have doubled his, uh, Tom Fox would have doubled his uh, contract. Uh, interesting statistic uh, from all the supermarkets, uh, the sales of alcohol, according to uh, all the uh, supermarkets, has gone up 22% on uh, 
March 2019. I'm quite surprised. I thought it might be a bit higher, actually. Mm, I don't know. I'd like to know April's once we get to the end of yeah. April. <laughs> May's. <ooh. laughs> right. Uh, Bodymore Heath is still on uh, lockdown, as everybody else is across the nation. Footballers are in the same situation. So the tumbleweed will be rolling through Bodymore. I mean, the irony is that they've just rebuilt it, didn't they? And uh, it's only seen a, a few weeks' use uh, at the moment. Uh, the big news in terms of the uh, the pandemic, in terms of uh, Aston Villa's backroom staff, is uh, Alex Butler, the uh, masseuse and uh, physio, who's a, who's a good chap. I think the last time I saw him, actually, was uh, on the night celebrating the uh, the playoff win. He was actually in a critical state, and uh, it sounded pretty serious uh, from from what I've heard. But uh, the good news is, is he's pulled through, and uh, we wish him uh, all the best henceforth. Uh, and now, I mean, we mentioned that, but and, and you can throw that into the context of what's happened with uh, Monsieur uh, Grealish. With his, uh, I mean, how do you describe it? There's so many words you can describe it, but it's uh, the start of the show. We played the message he put out uh, on behalf of the NHS, stressing how important it was to stay in. And within uh, hours uh, out, he was, uh, I think, traveling like over, you know, around 10k, was it not? Yeah, it's from Barnt Green, which is well near me. To be fair, it's not it's not far. It's about fifteen fifteen minute drive. But it's still, uh, it's, it's we're talking miles. It's still. Uh, yeah, it's a fair fair distance. Yeah, he's not exactly yeah, shopping it's... local, is he? No. Yeah, no, exactly. But uh, anyway, everybody knows the story by now. And uh, I mean, the situation with um, with Grealish is, I mean, going back to uh, I think it was the nitrate oxide uh, episode. The Daily Mail contacted me because they they'd written like two or three articles, you know, giving him shit slamming him as they did uh, in when he uh, when he was on the raz in uh, Tenerife and uh, they wanted me to write an article and I think they were thinking yeah you know get the fan vitriolic fans you know give you know give him another kick in and I was I just read this shit that they were writing and I was thinking right normally I'd tell them to do one but I was thinking well you know sometimes you've got to conquer from the inside so I can actually write an article having a go at them within their own newspaper see if they will you know see if they run it and i and you know wrote it and they and they passed it and a, a lot of journalists were surprised journalists who don't work for the daily mail i mean one da- daily mail uh journalist con sent me a message going oh i thought you didn't like the daily mail here you are writing and i said well you, there's a bigger picture here that's obviously over your fucking head because i was actually slagging off the daily mail and what they'd done to grealish i mean i think it's on the site still uh on my site but the upshot there was i mean this is a young guy having fun and he's allowed to have fun. And at the end of the day, I don't care about how Jack Grealish lives his life. It's got nothing to do with me. And uh, I think I concluded as long, you know, it's like George Best, as long as he performs on the pitch, that's my contract as a football fan with Jack Grealish is if you're performing on the pitch, then, you know, you can suck crack through your ass cheeks for all I care, you know, to, to get high or whatever. But this situation is a bit different. It's in people are kind of saying this is like chapter three of his being young and partying. Oh, he's only a young lad. Oh, uh, you know, he's he'll learn from this mistake, blah, blah, blah. But it's this is this is a completely different thing. This is and judging by some of the social media comments of people defending him, you know, newsflash, the whole world is pretty much the whole world has been shut down. You, you know, you can't get a flight anywhere. You're not allowed to leave your house. Why, why do you think that is? Why do you think they're building morgues on airports? 
a lot of people just think it's this minor inconvenience and uh, it's all a big joke and uh, you know this is just like a, the flu or something you know get back to me in two weeks uh, you know people saying on Facebook uh, oh you know oh so you're an expert of you're a doctor and you're an expert on viruses no but I can read statistics and I can see pictures of uh, hosp- you know old arenas filled with like thousands of hospital beds I mean I, I pray that these pricks aren't on one of those beds uh, in a few weeks time well it's pretty it's pretty simple to see which way an, an you know an arrow on a graph is going and they're not going exactly. da- and they're not going down so you get all these clever clogs souls trying to justify it but but there is this thing and and you know the football fan is very tribal and they'll protect their players to the death and we've seen it over the last few seasons with you know Suarez's racism you know there's been footballers done for rape and their own fans will defend them and attack viciously you know the person that was raped slut shaming basically and uh, you know it's just animalistic it, the reality is uh, the main thing with what Grealish has done has uh, you know it's like giving a green light and uh, to to the you know to idiots who don't understand and the reason why Grealish is trotted out to do these videos is to get the message through to these people who don't believe Boris Johnson when he's on the news or don't even read the news and you know that's pretty uh, apparent uh, by their reaction who just think it's all one big joke so this is the main thing uh, it's not Grealish's actions per se I mean if he's you know, whatever he's done, whatever his sober state is crashing into cars. I mean, that, you know, gives a shit. That's his problem. You know, I'm sure he, he can afford to pay off any, any driver who uh, had their car smashed up. You know, that doesn't concern anybody. The media shouldn't concern the media or us or, or anybody. But it's just that roll on effect that if dickheads don't take this thing seriously because they see he's not taking it seriously, then, you know, that death graph curve goes up. And that's not being sensationalist. I mean, what, what did you think, Max? It's, it's just a bit embarrassing, really. And, you know, he, he has been idiotic. It's embarrassing for him and the club. And I just think, you know, he's put the thing that got me is he put the video out on, you know, all his social media saying protect the NHS and, you know, things like that, which is good. But it, that's just clearly from a script. And, you know, it's whoever it is, his agent or whoever has just given him that and said, Jack, read that. Um, and he's just disregarded it completely. He just He just thinks... Oh, I'm, I'm Jack Grealish. I'm above all this. I can I can do what I want, and I don't know how it's gone through his head that he think that he thinks that's okay. Um, it is a weird one. He'll be disciplined, and so he should. And he's been absolutely, you know, slammed everywhere, which is, you know, rightly so. But it's embarrassing, and no one can defend him. People will. I think Villa fans, will, well, the minority will, because he's Jack Grealish and he's the star boy, and you know all this sort of thing. But. If Grealish hadn't put that video out, then it's it's a dick move. But it's like, well, it's a dick move. But it's so disrespectful to the NHS to, and people who are suffering to to do that. I mean, fair enough. If he hasn't, if the penny hasn't dropped, and you know, he hasn't done that video, so he's gone out and he's the penny hasn't dropped. You know, okay, it's a dick move. You're an idiot. We can all call him an idiot, and that's that's it. But he's a Villa captain now. But he's now getting the responsibility that people ask him to read out these things and. If he doesn't sincerely uh, believe it, then he shouldn't do it. I think there's a, there's a few sort of strands, and one of the ones is that he will know, and his, his agent will definitely know, because that's why I've done the NHS video, is that he, at the moment, is one of the most talked about British footballers. Because he's at Villa and because he's playing well in a bad team, they'll know there's transfer rumour, they'll know there's no daily, weekly 
little stories about him constantly. This just kind of undermines all the you know, the hype that he's worked reasonably hard in the last two seasons to create for himself on the field. Yeah. You know, and he's very much you know up until very you know, up until you know, this incident has really since that injury against. Um, was it the Watford, wasn't it, the preseason game when he got the kidney injury? Yeah, that yeah. really seemed to like knock some sense into him. And he came back and he got in the gym and everyone's like, wow, he looks like a proper pro now. Yeah. And, and, there's, and loads of pundits say, yeah, he's a nice guy. He's great off the pitch, great in the change room and all this stuff. And you think you've just undermined two, three seasons of hard work. Yeah, and, you know, it's not like I remember, I remember when Beckham got sent off against Argentina and he was, you know, there was... Pictures in the uh, like hanging, the red, hangings of the him, red, there and everything. yeah, the red tops of him being hung. I mean, people are saying, "Ah, oh, you know, social media nowadays, you know, players." No, no, no. This has been going on. The, the tabloids have been doing the job of, the, of social media vilification for for decades well, now. Southgate, well, for, Waddle, for David years. Batty, all these guys. Anybody who's Graham missed a penalty, Taylor. yeah. Anybody who's missed a penalty in a World Cup. The Graham Taylor stuff was like pretty disgusting at times. Some of the treatment yeah. he got. Well, I mean, you know, having having a gallows pole and Beckham in a rope uh, wasn't the greatest look. No. But these are just things from the field. This is this is bigger. This is like this is you know we're talking life and death here. This is a uh, unprecedented times i mean anybody who's moaning about staying indoors i mean the good news is is nobody's dropping bombs on you at night you know like our grandparents uh, had to and great-grandparents had to suffer in the you know the second world war so that's the good news here so it's not all bad news but anyway i mean it is, it is what it is in terms of uh i mean i'm not going to lose any more sleep uh I mean, as you were saying, Grealish had got to the level where there was a lot of hype. And you know, as I wrote in this Daily Mail thing, I was basically saying to the Daily Mail, why are you so interested in him? Because at that stage, I think he'd made 15 starts. When that Tenerife uh, thing happened, he'd made two starts at that stage. And I'm just questioning why are people so thirsty about this? And the whole island, England, who should he play for? I don't, did he actually have any first team starts at that stage where it was all over in the, you know, it was all over the press? Barely. So what Grealish is creating here, he's just creating more pressure on himself and he's making his life, you know, harder. And he's got to be a, just got to be a bit more savvy, you know, for his own sake. He's got to be a bit more brighter. And have some, you know, there's the social context. And there's also, you know, traditionally in, in football, when guys would have, you know, big faux pas. I'm talking about the, the Beckham thing. You know, Gaza's regular meltdowns. The, the you know the Paul Merson stuff. Tony Adams obviously had a famous one. They'd all be able to sort of um, you know reignite their public persona on the field. You know, Merson off the field was a complete car crash, but he'd still yeah. turn up on a Saturday and was doing it. Grealish doesn't have that opportunity, and there's nothing else going on in the sports verse to even talk about. So Jack, all of a sudden, has become front and center. For all the wrong reasons, and there's nothing else to talk about, you know. And he can't, he can't go say, you know, oh, I've done this on, you know, on a Monday, but it's all right because on Saturday I'll score the winner and everyone, and I'll be the, the you know, the champ, the champagne uh, of the city again. It's kind of like, well, everyone's just going to sit on this, and then people won't forget. So, so the first time he eventually gets to play, you know, be it against Villa Park, where actually I think he'd get a positive response, but. The first game he plays away from Villa Park, he's going to get both barrels from the opposition. Yeah, but as you know, uh, there is a, there op- there is an opportunity, and uh, that the opportunity off the pitch is to actually show you know the NHS some respect and uh, make strides towards them, not uh, you know through disciplinary action. Oh, you know, if if he thinks that you know two weeks' wages to a hospital 
brushes it under the rug, then uh, that that's not going to endear him to people. There's plenty of opportunity there. And uh, in terms of, as we'll mention in the three points, this situation where players are taking a pay cut over you know the next couple of months to make sure that non-playing staff get paid a hundred percent. I mean, there's there's a way in that can spin you know good publicity and show that actually you know the penny has dropped but you know all he's doing at the moment is building more pressure on him more pressure on him and you know we'll get to the stage where if he doesn't you know somebody like Manchester United doesn't come in for him he might have to step away from Villa to play for like somebody like Spurs because he, then he'll be in a, a club where he, he'll blend in in terms of he won't be the main man and he won't have all this shit on his shoulder and he won't have uh, he won't be under the microscope so much yeah it's something I've I've thought about in the last couple of days through this is that is this just another little nail in the coffin in terms of a player that in in the West Midlands terms is the biggest fish in a very small pond? You know, you put him in Manchester where he's surrounded by international superstars or he goes down to London where you've got four or five, you know, world-class international quality sides and big, you know, big fan bases. He's going to get lost a bit more. But in Birmingham, everyone has their eyes on him and it's not just Villina. You've seen the, this is like... Yeah porn isn't it to the the blues fans and all the other people who hate him yeah when you say get lost a, a bit that mean that's in a positive light he'll, he'll be able to you know have a bit more uh well he's not targeted you know if can be a bit more anonymous and there's there's also the thing of you move away you lose some of the hangers on yeah no exactly yeah. to a point you know i remember the same thing happened with lee hendry you know gareth barry had it you know they were the, they were the sort of like the toast of the city if they won they'd go out they were proper party boys the get-ups are no good. Luckily for them, they were doing it on the field and they were in winning teams. So it kind of does get brushed under the carpet. And But I yeah. think this incident is so different, isn't it? This isn't a footballer, you know, as the, you know, the Derby players last year, um, you know, writing off a car and you yeah, know, a, yeah. a very bad car crash. This is something different. This is more about a sort of a social context, you know, a bit of a... And also... It, it, Lack of yeah, and it, morality. And it, really, and it sort of really reinforces. Unfortunately, Jack's become the poster boy for the whole of, like, the Premier League and football, showing how sort of morally bankrupt it is. It's just unfortunate, yeah. and it's just typical fucking Villa, isn't it? That only we would be at our, one of our lowest moments in the season, where we've actually had a bit of respite from the whole sort of nonsense of what's been going on on the field, and then we drop, and then we drop this clang. It's just it's classic Villa. Picture the scene: all of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Phil, would would you, I mean, I, I was thinking about this and would you think it would be necessarily, and maybe they did, uh, I mean, that would make it even worse, for the club to actually communicate to the players, look, this situation is serious, you know, treat it as serious, and, and actually communicate, you know, the responsibility of, of following through on, on this lockdown. Do you think yeah, that's well, a, I mean, a necessary step or something they they should have done or or maybe did but uh, overlooked? I mean, we we don't know. It's something you can find out. But yeah, it, it's something that they should have done definitely. But it's just sort of like it would be typical of Villa again that they didn't do that. I mean, it's just like right, lads, you know. You're at home now, look after yourselves because we've seen stories of Pepe Reina not being happy at being called into training and now we found out that he he did have coronavirus and he he wasn't too well for a bit of it. Those were uh, stories come out today. But right. whenever the whenever the Grealish news 
Brooke, you know, you've seen the photos and you've seen people immediately going, oh, they're Photoshop, there's something else. Being yeah. typical Villa, you just went to yourself, those aren't Photoshop at all. This no, is exactly. this this happened. For myself That's just I mean, the tribal I, tribal mentality yeah. wanting to defend your own kicking in. No, but you knew being a Villa player anywhere. Yeah, he's he's done it. That was just that was the first thing in my head was I sent the pictures to a friend and I went, look what he's done, and he went, Yep, I got there. But just from my own point of view, it's like I'm I'm not gonna hammer him, I'm not gonna say what should happen or something, but I'm gonna struggle to look at him the same way again for a good while it's it's what he said and then yeah. just went straight against it why why do i believe what he says if you're one of his teammates and you clearly see that stuff or i'm sure they'll have a team whatsapp what do you think is the reaction from you know obviously the, the manager and the the sort of the, you know the staff in the club and someone like a perslow will have one view what do you think his teammates think slash say to him is it close ranks will defend our own is it Dude, what the fuck? I are think you the doing? question is: do, Are they having a laugh and and uh, winding him up about it? Which I think is would might be the mentality. Sadly, yeah, that's what he would want. Supposedly on the mm-hmm. piss with Ross McCormack, wasn't he? Well, I mean, let's not uh, put out hypotheticals uh, there. So as Phil was saying, you know, it's his it's his life. So you know, there's no who who the fuck are we? We're not like some Greek chorus or whatever to judge him. But at the same time, uh, I can't, as Phil said, I can't look at him in the same way because I just think, well, you know do what you have to do on the pitch but uh you know these these punks that want to hang out with you and be buddies then you know they're just doing it for your fame because you've you've kind of let yourself down there well what's the what's the uh, the phrase that you see on twitter all the time not not my captain you kind of think <laughs> this is more of a surely not my captain but i mean on that subject uh bring max in uh there's you know obviously an issue that has been debated is should uh jack Grealish be the villa captain now should we take the captaincy off him Personally, I'm I'm fairly fifty fifty on it. Like it's not the actions of a you know a role model or a captain of a of what should be a Premier League team, is it? It's I think the the comparison that that's been there is if it's not Grealish, it's probably going to be Mings, isn't it? And yeah. if I was Dean Smith, I probably to be honest, I probably would take it off him because he needs to be shown that it's clearly not acceptable. Um, I, I think, think I think it's a, a thing about timing. I think if Villa were playing this weekend. I think I would take it off him. Yeah. If definitely. we're not playing until uh let's say August in a new season or September, then you've got a few months to think about it and uh you know see see where he's at and then it's not necessarily uh you could have a reset and he can start the season as captain. Essentially you've got like two kind of captains if you want to boil it down. You've got the guy uh, who leads by example or the guy who's actually, you know, a man's man, you know, proper organizational captain which Mings is. So I think if it was next week Villa were playing then I, I would make the statement and uh, I would put Mings in there. But if we're not playing this season and a few months go by, then there's obviously another chance and you can say to Grealish, right, you know, prove yourself because at the end of the day, you're a footballer and it's what happens on the pitch that matters. I mean, people, you know, trying to ram it down people's throats that he should be excused because uh, he's, he's a good guy and he, and, he, and he gives to charity. Well, you know, most of these charity things are staged and footballers, when you boil it down, it doesn't matter if they're a good guy or not. It's You just want them to be a good footballer because at the end of the day, that's the primal reason you're interested in. I'm sure, you know, Grealish is a, you know, decent guy, but uh, judgment issues. Uh, Max, would you say it's conceivable we might actually never see Grealish in a Villa shirt again? Uh, yeah. Dun, dun, dun. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. Um, obviously, we've talked about the whole when is the season going to end and all that sort of thing, but 
Yeah, if if this isn't is null and void and we get relegated, that's the end of him. And what a way to go! I don't think they will void this season and relegate us. Yeah, I don't think true. that's going to happen. But we'll see. Void means didn't ha- void means it didn't happen, did it? Yeah, that's what they've said in the uh, the non-league situation. None of the stats count. None of the uh, so when scouts are looking at Grealish's stats, they'll be like, "Hey, shit!" Yeah, he didn't. He didn't <laughs> do, nothing. He did by calling a newly promoted team. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Men nothing... in Black, isn't it? You just erase everyone's memory, if <laughs> yeah, only. Exactly. So his stats will be erased, his faux pas breaking the lockdown, that'll be erased. And all the Premier League scouts going, who the fuck's this McGinn guy who Villa bought for two and a half million? <laughs> exactly. So, and, and we will rise like yeah. a phoenix and from every the scout's flames. going, oh, I'll tell you what, on paper, that heating at the back with, uh, with Mings, Villa look like they've got a really good back four there. <laughs> Let's go for top six. <laughs> yeah, a couple more players and Villa could be challenging. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to make light of the pandemic, but uh, I think we did propose uh, in the last podcast, did you know, you, you can't really find a silver lining in something like this, but in terms of Aston Villa, it, it may well just be uh, the, the the stars are aligning in a, in a very weird formation. What I would Villa. say, in the, in the, you know, the wider thing for Villa's season, and I'll, I'll be quick, is that if, if Dean Smith and his entire backroom team can't use this time wisely to get to the bottom of what is going wrong, and then, yeah. and then they're going to have time to refine it and get it right on the field, then I'm sorry, but everyone in that changing room can go, and everyone in the stands can very honestly say, we do not deserve to be anywhere near that division. If you can't use this period to get your shit together, it's just no excuses any, anymore. I mean, just uh, finally on, uh, you, you'll notice that a lot of the headlines are Manchester United target Grealish does this. My, Ma- Manchester United target uh, is an idiot. Manchester United target is, and again, it's just the press playing the game of maximising coverage and clicks because Aston Villa's Jack Grealish does not get as many clicks as Manchester United target. So they will forever use Manchester United target. So the reality of, is he really going to Manchester United? Are Manchester United really interesting? It's not that clear cut because they're going to use Manchester United every fucking time. Uh, and anytime there's a, there's a story, they'll put that in there. They'll prefer to put that in the headline than they will yeah. Aston Villa. Phil, what do you think it does for his England chances? Do you think Gareth Southgate has a rather large black mark next to his name now? Yeah, I think it does there because I don't think they're over. It's not. I wouldn't go out for it because obviously Madison went out to the casino that time just straight after pulling out of the England squad. So while it's at a different level of transgression than that one, it's still, you know, I don't think the door's shut on him. But it, it hasn't helped. Like people have said, he might be lucky that the Euros are put back a, a well, year. Well, I mean, if I can deconstruct this whole England, people are obsessed with this England thing. England aren't playing anytime soon, so it's irrelevant. It doesn't matter. Really doesn't matter, I don't think. People shouldn't really obsess about, well, is he gonna, well how's it affecting his England? Well, they're not going to be, play, be playing anytime soon. I think what soon, it does do, though, so, if, England, uh, if he was to say do what Deli Ali did in an England shirt in those first, you know, if he, he goes and makes his debut and has two, three, four, fantastic performances it puts him on the map globally all of a sudden his value skyrockets yeah well that's that's how he gets out of this uh predicament uh i mean it's always going to be on the pitch that gets him out of this do you think he's easily led well it doesn't matter no. I mean, why, why why are we talking anymore about yeah. it right three points uh first of all number one UEFA starting to give strong hints that this season uh, across uh, Europe will not actually reach a conclusion. Although, uh, you know, in the background, the Premier League and obviously Sky have been scrambling around to try to find a conclusion. Uh, the lower 
non-league, national league, three divisions have been suspended indefinitely. I was watching a uh, interview of Eddie Hearn today, and uh, all boxing, for example, is off in May. It's like a no-go, and rescheduling. Uh, they're looking more at July th- than June, and obviously the idea of football was it was it to start in June? Yeah, was it, there was before pro- July. Yeah, the original plan was like let's get to the thirtieth of April, and we'll see where we are. When they, once they made that declaration, was it June the first, Max? That they were saying. I believe so. It's just before July, the whole contract situation that's going on with a lot of players in July. It would just cause problems. So they they said June, didn't they? Yeah, but uh, I mean, there's there's the element of wanting to try to create something uh, for people to obviously watch. I mean, I I think I mean and that might work with let's say with like solo combat sports for example which is a bit more easier to set up behind closed doors and you can uh, you know do pay-per-view and uh, you'd probably do very well out of that uh, but in terms of football there's a whole uh, it's a whole other ball game with the amount of people involved and the logistics uh, included in that but also you know it's this uh, you're kind of taking the fans out of the equation and I know that the Premier League uh, because of the uh, TV rights money uh, if you're in the Premier League, clubs don't really need uh, the gate money to, it doesn't really make much of an impact. I mean, the recent uh, last couple of increases in terms of revenue and TV rights money basically negates uh, the need for gate receipts. But this, you know, this creates another level of uh, fans not being needed. I mean, what do you think, Chris, about this? Uh, just the prospect of behind the closed doors, which I don't think will happen. I think in general, it's the Premier League are really sort of very toxically showing their true colours at the moment in the last, certainly the last couple of days with things we've seen. Um you know, football in general is pretty morally bankrupt, especially in this country. So I think most fans are sort of seeing it that, well, the Premier League are literally just worried about their TV deal. It's like, fuck the players' welfare, fuck the fans' welfare and the stewards and all the officials at the clubs, they can do one as well. We just want our paycheck and we want to sort of negate the uh, the legal shitstorm that could come to bite us in the backside. But you know, in reality, football is so low down the pecking order in the government's list of priorities that, um, you know, we, we shall see. I, I mean, I can't, you know, it's, yeah. it, they're clearly not going to get any games played in May. June, I think, who knows? It's, it's kind of too early to tell, really. But we'll probably know more. Certainly, we'll, we'll get an idea where we are Easter weekend in terms of if things are peaking. By May, I'd imagine we'll have an idea of how the modelling is starting to look in comparison to sort of China, Italy, Spain. We'll know, you know, elsewhere in Europe how things are faring as well. But it's, but it's, it's still very, you know, no one knows really where our curve is yet. But it's starting to kick in. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah, very much. it's like another level to what's happened uh, the previous days. Yeah, Phil, you, you sent me a uh, interesting uh, article. I think it was from about three years ago regarding... Uh, the health of players actually was it uh, respiratory issues uh, yeah. i mean this is before the virus uh, i mean if you want to carry on about that but there was was it 3 in 10 players were showing some kind of signs or something yeah the, they got everybody in and they just did a like a, a basic test and they found that they could say that a th- 3 in 10 you're right about 30% of players had undiagnosed asthma of, or some sort of respiratory disease which would fall under the government's underlying health conditions so you then have to worry if you're even getting these players behind closed doors you know yeah. the, the ones in the team that are asymptomatic not showing anything what are they going to do to the ones that they're training with or even playing against i mean it's not worth the risk at the minute. I mean, this is from three years ago, and this hasn't really come out uh, since this uh, pandemic has struck uh, as as a factor at the moment. 
Uh, I mean, it'll be no. interested if if it is mentioned anywhere. No, I mean, I remember like when I was younger playing myself. I, you know, I had a touch of asthma, and it was um, you know a good few of the team that you played with had asthma as well. I mean, they might have taken their inhaler in the change room before them out, but it didn't affect them in any way. Yeah. And, and that's just the way it is. I mean, David Beckham, famously, nobody knew he was an asthmatic until he started playing for the LA Galaxy and the, the humidity kicked in more. I think at the moment, would you agree it's fair to say that it's leaning to being voided at the moment? Yeah, well, I mean, I think if if it wasn't, I mean, I'm not calling Liverpool out. If there wasn't one team so far ahead and, you know, champions elect, I think you'd be hearing a lot more about the season being voided already. Yeah. Although uh, I think the Liverpool situation is is pretty much irrelevant. It's just, uh, mm-hmm. you know, shit happens uh, kind of thing. And I think, you know, Klopp's philosophical about that. Uh, but anyway, let's move on to uh, number two. And, and that's, a, I mean, it's we could talk about this for, for hours, but it's we'll try to condense it right down. Uh, I mean, let's use the first example of uh, Newcastle becoming the first Premier Premier League club to put non-playing staff on leave. I don't know if they've uh, made any uh, concessions because other clubs out there, I mean, mainly on the continent from what what I've heard so far, like, for example, Barcelona players are taking a 70% pay cut. So their contributions can go to uh, staff at Barcelona to receive full wages. I think that's happened at uh, Juventus as well. Uh, And also uh, Bayern Munich and Borussia Dortmund have also agreed. I haven't heard... Anything like this from uh, Premier League teams? Uh, anybody else uh, heard anything? I heard Leeds had, hadn't they? I think they've. Um, I mean, obviously they've. Pre- you know, Premier League team, bro. Well, no. League team. <laughs> I mean, the, the Premier League is just. Don't so, assume they're getting promoted, bud. This season. I mean, I, I saw what? that. Um, <laughs> aren't Tottenham have as well? I, I forget. Is it Forlorn? I forget what it's called. Where essentially the, the clubs are asking the government, aren't they, for yeah, yeah, help with non-playing staff, which is just a massive sort of fuck you to the country when you've got some of the biggest sort of entities in sport, uh, or yeah, even just businesses in general, saying, oh, we we desperately need help, but we can actually yeah, pay. Uh... You know, we can't pay someone a thousand pounds a week, but we'll happily give someone a hundred grand a week. Yeah, I mean, I, I put out a tweet, and I and I didn't really say much. I just put it out there, retweeted somebody had mentioned what had happened at Barcelona, and I said it puts into context. Uh, basically, you know, it's a dysfunctional society where when the shit hits the fan, the people you're paying tens of thousands uh, a week are actually completely useless in this predicament, while the ones that uh, are uh, on, let's say, uh, like half of what a lot of players are getting paid a, a week in a year are the ones that are you know on the front line here and obviously the nhs is paid for out of you know the taxes and you know people will grumble if you raise taxes and there's a lot of money in football and you know people were saying oh it's a stupid tweet and explaining what i've just said but it wasn't you know this was a phys- philosophical point of how this society values certain people and you know how it works and uh Maybe it's something. This is something that has to be changed, and people have to think outside the box to uh, change that. But when you get to the situation where clubs are saying, "Oh well, actually, uh, you know, we 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 need that scheme," to it's like, no. I think bottom line is you tell the players, "Look, you're on easy fucking street. Can we have twenty percent of your wages to pay all the people that are basically part of the team and do the day to day?" And I don't see as any problem there. Well, that stuff's that stuff's standard practice in most big companies at the moment. You know, they're either taking yeah. hour cuts where they're working from home, but they're only allowing them to do X amount of hours, so therefore they can pay a bit less. Or there are blanket, you know, ten percent, twenty percent, or more, you know, wage cuts in the, in the organisations. And you can have every agent on the phone to the club going, "Well, my player's worth this much," and you just think agents. 
football clubs in general, the Premier League as an organisation, you just, it's so hard to have any kind of sympathy for these people. Yeah, I mean, the bottom line is if you could click your fingers and wipe out all the current wages and the agents and all that and rebuild it from scratch, you probably would. And I'm talking about squad salary caps and, you know, they obviously they'll get paid well, but salary caps will make it more competitive and we'll have a, you know, a decent sport to watch rather than the same old, same old uh, competing and winning things. Hopefully the penny drops, but I don't think it will. The penny would only drop, unfortunately, now with football. It's at that point where either if the Sky Sports subscription stopped or the fans just boycotted matches, which yeah. that ain't going to happen anytime soon, I don't think. This pandemic go, rolls on into, let's say, I mean, you know, there's people talking about six months potential. And, uh, you know, even that might might be optimistic. But, you know, we're not, we're not scaremongering now. But hypothetically, if it goes on six months, it eats into next season. People are cancelling, you know, they'll be cancelling this guy. And uh, and after living without football for that long, they'll uh, they'll think, well, yeah, actually, uh, I don't need it. And then suddenly it'll be, uh, the red light will be flashing at sky because their subscriptions will drop and they'll be in, in a bit of a predicament. And, you know, as, as my gripe about the whole Grealish thing, as, as we discussed, was it's this moral situation where, yeah, read out some half-assed apology, like the half-assed intention of the initial help the NHS uh, stay indoors. It's, you know, really important. You know, this and, and like the tweets after games when we get beat, oh, you know, we tried to, you know, these are things that players are told to do. It's not like uh, it's uh, an, a, any insight into their personality. But at the same time, the best apology he could have said is like, right, I'm, you know, I'm taking a pay cut because I want... I want to help the non-playing staff at Aston Villa. My actions uh, speak louder than words. Anyways, uh, point number three, uh, I think the mayor of London, uh, Sadiq Khan, has, uh, I think he's asked uh, all the London clubs uh, to help support the uh, National Health Service. uh, And that means uh, getting team doctors, uh, physiotherapists, paramedics uh, to uh, get on board to help out and also uh, use the uh, club facilities. uh, And I think West Tam have definitely offered it up. Um, he's written to obviously all the the main ones: uh, Arsenal, Chelsea, Crystal Palace, as well as Brentford, uh, Charlton, Fulham, Millwall, and uh, QPR. But I mean, you know, we've already seen uh, the NEC in Birmingham being turned into a. Uh, it's almost like a, a kind of a military hospital, isn't it? Yeah, well, yeah there's th- three, aren't there? There's the one at the Excel in London. There's the NEC, and then there's the what was GMEX in Manchester. So these, these are big, you know, four thousand capacity, you know, emergency hospital. They're called Nightingale hospitals and, yeah. uh, and you know at this stage uh, what it is it's just a clue of uh, to where this is going and uh, you know we're only in the initial stages at the moment so uh, it gives you a, a scape of how serious it will be and well, uh, it shows you how you know when they're planning for worst case scenarios you 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 get a scale of what the worst case looks like yeah, no, exactly. Right, anyway, uh, let's move on to uh, the reason why we're doing this show uh, many, many minutes later is to discuss the top 10 power rankings of uh, the 2019-20 stroke season, what's left of it. First of all, I just want to give a quick uh, shout out to the My Old Man Said patrons and uh, just say thank you very, very, very much for sticking by us through these uh, tricky, tricky times. Uh, also, thanks to Dave Francis and Stephen Martin for uh, signing up in the, the last week or so as well and uh helping us keep morale up and uh fight through this not only uh, of a uh, tricky time of lockdown but uh, a tricky time of like no actual games and uh reasons to put out podcasts i mean we'll always find them because 
you know, it's good to talk. But uh, thank you very much. If you want to uh, get access to extra shows, and we did a good one actually with the Where Were You When We Were Good, when we discussed uh, Villa's transitional season from uh, Big Ron to Brian Little. We're going to do one which centres on the transitional season from Brian Little to uh, John Gregory. We're still uh, looking at which is the uh, the best game i mean at the moment gareth barry's premier league debut against sheffield wednesday could be potentially the one anyway if you want to get access to extra shows uh, do sign up go to myomansaid.com and click on the patron link uh, thank you very much the top 10 villa player season power rankings are coming up in part two released very soon thanks for listening days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com this podcast is proud to be part of the talk sport fan network talk sport powered by fans